Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I am John Ledger from PewterReport.com. With me today is Mark Cook, also from PewterReport.com, here to talk a little bit of Buck schedule. We didn't get our fill yesterday, Mark. We have no, a little bit more to enough. talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Not enough at all. There's plenty of storylines. There's lots of intrigue with this schedule. I'm excited to talk about it more. Yeah, no, there really is. And and when you look at the schedule, you know, the more and more I look at it, the more I see a lot of wins in the Buccaneers' future. Now, again, yep. that's today. What is it? May 13th? Something like that today? Yes, uh, May 13th. We'll see how things look, you know, October 13th, right? A couple injuries here or there. Some crazy off-the-field distraction it's just not easy to repeat, man. It's not. it's not. But I mean, as I wrote, and we'll talk a little bit about it maybe later in the show mm-hmm. in my column today, The Hook, I, I don't see any game, and we talked about this briefly yesterday, I just don't see any game where the Buccaneers, if they were to be playing today, would be favored in any of those games. Right. I mean, this is just so in, un, unreal to think about, John, that just a couple years ago, Scott and I were sitting in London watching Jameis Winston throw 15 interceptions in the first quarter. And uh, not really 15 interceptions, but a bunch of interceptions, 30 for the year, finished the year seven and nine. And to think just two seasons later, they've got a Super Bowl title and they're really the favorites to win again. Now, I think there was an article we had up on PeterReport.com today. Uh, Maybe there's some people out there that aren't picking the Bucks. Maybe they're not going to be the popular pick. That's kind of crazy in my opinion, but whatever. Uh, I don't. I don't think the Buccaneers care if they're the uh, the favorites or not. They know what they want to do and they know what their goal is. Right. And, and whether they're picked to be the favorites or not, um, I don't think it's going to affect them at all. To be honest with you, right? No, I agree with you for sure. I think that it's. We'll talk about that too. We'll talk about that ESPN article that has some controversial choices for Super Bowl representatives because there's some interesting takes in there as well. We'll talk about this slate of quarterbacks that the Bucs face, defense that they're going to face this upcoming season, give some of our thoughts on how this year could shake out for Tampa Bay, and obviously take your questions, listen to your thoughts about how the year uh, could go as well. And it's all going to be brought to you by our good friends over at Celsius. Celsius powers active lives every day with essential functional energy. I got my sparkling watermelon. That's my flavor right now. I've had that the last couple shows, I think, that I've jumped on. What do you got there? Is that grapefruit? That's grapefruit. my go-to. Oh, I man. haven't had that one yet. Grapefruit, yeah, gra- is not grapefruit or orange are, are two of my favorites. And, and, and listen, I'm not the kind of guy that's going to sit around and actually eat a grapefruit, but in liquid form, whatever they do to put it in the Celsius can, it makes it really, flavor. really good. Yeah. No, it's... uh. That's one that I'm going to have to try for sure. Sparkling watermelon. What they're great about them is that they give you the energy boost without the drop-off. You don't get that same drop-off that you get with other energy drinks. Uh, plus, they taste great, and there's no sugar good for you. They accelerate your metabolism. Been a game-changer for me as I get up for my early morning workouts, and I encourage you to check them out as well. You can do that. Go into Celsius.com. You can purchase them over there. You can get the variety pack over at Amazon. Lots of options. They're also in more and more stores every single day. I saw their quarter one earnings came out and were published in a couple of magazines. I saw they did 
extremely, extremely well, which is no surprise at all. We know that they are taking over, and we are proud to have them as sponsors of the Peter Report podcast. Check out Celsius and uh, change the game for yourself today. All right, Scott. All right, Mark. I'm calling whoa, you Scott already. Whoa, I, I called whoa, you Scott last time you were on. I'm out of here. I called you Scott last time we were on, and I think it's now it's just a rite of passage that I have to do well, it. That's maybe because it's always just you and Scott. I mean, it I, is. You know, listen, it is Scott. You guys are like like life partners now. I mean, you know, you moved all the way down here to Florida to be closer right. to him, so it worked. You know, it's natural. It's okay. And you, you know what, John? Like my wife. And, Scott again. Calling Scott again. <laughs> and 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 I have heard that for eleven years now. Right. Uh, what is Scott doing now? And uh, but here's the deal. In in all honesty, once we start getting back in that building and being at every game and things like that, we are literally literally going to spend. Um, more time with uh with scott than we do with our spouses yep. and things like that so anyway. <laughs> just don't doubt my wife my wife's listening to the show that's not true honey it's not the way it's gonna be mm, yeah, okay, uh, <laughs> okay this buck schedule man i mean there's a lot going on in it obviously but i right off the bat that's what catches my i mean you look at this schedule and you say wow that's if there, there's not a lot of great quarterback matchups i wrote about that article just went up at pewterreport.com kind of breaking down some of the some of the quarterback matchups for the Bucks defense this season. But, man, right off the bat, it doesn't seem that way, right? You get Dak Prescott, Matt Ryan, and Matt Stafford out of the gate, yeah. and that looks like it's going to be a pretty challenging three-game slate. Is that to you, as you look at this, Mark, is that the, the most challenging three-game stretch is right out of the gate before you've – you know, you're not really in rhythm yet. You, it's hard to say you've gotten hot. I mean, you're off the Super Bowl win and eight straight wins, but there's a whole break in between. You don't have any of that you know, kind of how they got rolling late in the season, right? You don't have that going for you. So come out of the gate and you face three really good teams, and they're obviously in the same spot of not having a lot of time to get hot. But uh, it's uh, definitely the most challenging slate of quarterbacks I think they'll face three weeks in a row. Yeah, on paper for sure when you look at it just at first glance. Now, again, as we said earlier, uh, we don't know what's going to change between now and, and midseason. I mean, Daniel Jones might be an MVP-leading candidate by the time the Buccaneers take on the Giants in Week 11. Ryan mm -hmm. Fitzpatrick may be you know, throwing for the most passing yards, and Carson Wentz may reinvent himself with, with Frank Reich up in Indianapolis. I don't know. I mean, you, it's, it's impossible to predict. Again, the good thing is, though, John, while I think it's going to be tough, I, I don't worry as much about the slow start because – they are going to get some preseason games in this year. Right. And Jake Arian said, Tom Brady's a guy that likes to play in the preseason. He likes to get his feet wet. He's not one of those guys that just wants to, you know, he's going to argue with Bruce Arians about how much playing time he probably gets in the preseason. So I think they avoid maybe a little bit of that slow start, at least not any more slow than those three teams are going to be facing. Because when you look at Dallas with Dak coming back off of a broken ankle, missing most of the season last year, a brand new defense, then you jump um, right into week two, Arthur Smith, the new coach. Atlanta's going to be learning a new system while yep. they've got Kyle Pitts. I mean, is he going to be acclimated in that offense in week two? I don't think so. And then mm -hmm. you go to and then you go to L.A., and I don't know that their defense is going to be as good as it was last year. Offensively, they should be better, but I don't know about in week three because Matt Stafford, again, trying to learn a new offense. And we saw right. Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, struggle learning a new offense because – he was so used to that. Matt Stafford, granted, he's been through about four different offenses during his time in in um, in Detroit. But still, I mean, just like Tom Brady said, just the fact getting up and driving to work, it, it, it yeah. was a different route than he took for 20 years. Same thing with Matt Stafford. Everything's going to change. 
Plus, there's a lot of distractions in California. You know, I love LA. So, anyway, but but yeah, I mean, I, I, it, when you look at it on the on paper, you're right. Those three games stand out to me as as really the three game toughest stretch. Um, mm-hmm. Again, but we'll see how things pan out because things certainly change between now yeah. and, and the middle of the season. And as you said, I actually completely agree with you, even though that's the toughest three games, even though it's starting the season, the Bucs are, remember, they went from being the team with everybody new and everybody, how's it going to all gel and Brady in a new offense and Arians and Lefkowitz and all these pieces. Now they're the team that brings back everybody, right? They have everybody right. together again. And it's Dallas that's trying to put together all new pieces on defense and even moving positions for some guys like Reggie Robinson and Keanu Neal and guys that might start or play big minutes and getting Micah Parsons in there with two linebackers you already have. And how does it all fit? How does it all work? You know, they're going to be the ones filling out, feeling out roles for people and players. And so there's a lot of that with Dallas. There's a lot of that with the Rams. You talk about with the defensive turnover and the change of defensive coordinator that they had and a new quarterback now. And so all of that's still going to be happening. You know, Atlanta with a new system that they're going to be trying to learn. So, yes, they're the teams to to me. You're saying the Bucs, okay, they've got some tough quarterbacks off the bat. Yes. But those teams are looking at the Bucs and saying, man, we really wish we were playing somebody else to start the season. You know, if you're Dallas, you'd love to draw Philly week one, you know, or something like that, I think is how they're looking at it. And right now, the you know, for the Bucs, it's the best time that they could be facing the toughest stretch of their schedule is probably right off the gate, right out of the gate. Yeah, I think you're right. And um, what was I going to say about the schedule? L- looking at it, um, you know, again, I, I the Atlanta situation again. Both sides of that ball, everything is brand new. They have a new front yeah. office director of college. I mean, there's nothing other than Arthur Blank and those uniforms. Which, by the way, I was not a fan of their uniforms last year. Um, the new uniforms. I think the Buccaneers won the uniform battle oh, of all the teams. That yeah, got new new uniforms last season, um, but. You know, again, then you look at you look at LA and 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 how are they going to be? I mean, they they're playing against one of the brightest offensive minds. There's no doubt about it with McVay mm-hmm. out there. But um, he's given them match, fits too. He, he's given Todd Bowles a lot of fits too. Matchups the last two years. I mean, they've scored a lot of points. I know they've got a bunch of turnovers off of Goff a couple years ago, but the Rams still put up like what. 600 yards off of something yeah. crazy, even like yeah, 400 was, something think, yards. Yeah, yeah, it was over. Bowles, it was, Bowles himself it was said it was yards. not one of their better games, despite the turnovers that happened in the game. It was, he did not consider it. I remember him saying last year, one of their better games. I know somebody referred to it that way. So, something that I thought was interesting that Jake Arian said uh, on the podcast earlier this week was the Buccaneers should be 25% better than they were last year, at least based on the fact that Tom Brady, I mean, just think about this. Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, those guys are on the same page. Mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, you throw in Bernard, O.J. Howard coming back, Rob Gronkowski. Unless there is just a significant physical talent yes. drop-off due to age with Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, mm-hmm. um, or unless it was an aberration, what we saw with Tristan Wirfs and Donovan Smith last year, which I don't think that's the case, Um the Buccaneers are just in in a terrific position right now. Again, we'll revisit this six months from now, eight months from now, and say, "Man, my my, how things maybe have changed." Um, but right now, on paper, and again, I wrote about it in in today's column of the hook. If you'll take a look mm-hmm. at it, not you, but well, you too, if you want. But of course, um, I already but, did. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you know, so, but but I mean, I, I just I, I pretend that I was the odds makers, right? right? I mean, I'm I'm not a gambling man on, I on agree professional with you sports. Yeah. But I, I looked at the games and and I just didn't see anything. I mean, really, you know, uh, one of the things that that I started thinking when as I looked down that schedule, while right now we laugh at it, 
that this that January game in New York, man, that one, I don't know why that one scares me because because Zach Wilson's gonna have 15 games under his belt, right? Yeah. Um uh, a new head coach, which by the way, I thought was the best by far the best new coach hire of all the coaches last year. Um, and they just added a lot of talent to that football team. Now, are they still a mess of an organization? We'll see, but uh, you know, that that could be a pretty tough game for the team later down the stretch. And, and I, I, certainly the Buccaneers are a better football team, but maybe it becomes, I don't even want to call, I hate using the word trap game, um, but a game maybe where the team feels that, you know, we're, we're so much better than this team that was awful that only won one game last year that it's not going to be a problem. The Buccaneers are going to have to show up for all 17 games. As good as they are, they can't take any time off. But what I love about this football team is they have the greatest of all time who just won't allow complacency. He's just not the kind of guy that's going to allow that. There's no resting on the laurels. Tom Brady's not coming back, defying what his wife wants him to do, to be 8-8 and this football season or 10-6 and and be bounced out of the first round of the playoffs. Anything less than another Super Bowl win for Tom Brady would be a bitter, bitter disappointment. Mm -hmm. And, of course, for Buccaneer fans as well. Mm-hmm. Right. No, I mean, that's the kind of expectation it is. I know Bucks fans, it's, it's crazy for them to think about probably, but that's the kind of expectation there is. Not only do you have the schedule that you have, you have the talent and the team that you have, you're bringing back an unprecedented amount of players, contributors, starters from a year ago from a Super Bowl championship team. That doesn't happen. The Super Bowl champions also getting one of the best strength of schedules doesn't happen, um, but yet still challenging enough slate that I don't think they're going to go into the playoffs totally untested or anything like that. Right. Um, this is a battle-tested team. There's veterans. There's key leaders in key positions that will get you through and weather those storms. So I think, yeah, it's absolutely. Whereas last year, I would I pushed back a little bit against the Super Bowl or bust. I felt like a successful playoff run, winning a game in there, I felt like that would have ultimately at the team. You know, players are always aiming for that. You know, they're always aiming for a Super Bowl. But I felt like the Bucs, you know, for our standpoint, we could have said, oh, this is a, you know, good season if they'd have won a game in the playoffs. Right. Well, they went all the way and won the Super Bowl. And now this year, there's no doubt in my mind. That's the that's the objective. You want to win the Super Bowl. Not only do you want to, but this team should win the Super Bowl. They should certainly make the Super Bowl. I'll at least say that because the NFC, yeah, there is. And we'll talk about that in a second. But there are just not a lot of legit challengers in my mind. Um, Alien Mastodon says, nothing is easy. These teams aren't going to let the Bucks win. Division games are tough. Rams, Patriots, Bears defense stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, in the NFL, man, it's not easy, period. I mean, the Bucks, as good as they were, as talented as they were last year, and I know they weren't really putting it together yet. They lost that Bears game, should never have lost that game. Yeah. They should have lost the Giants game, didn't lose it. But the way, Daniel Jones missed how many wide-open touchdowns right. down the field because he couldn't hit a wide-open game. I mean, well, that's, that's the also kind of the games. game that Jamel Dean decided just not to play. Oh, my gosh. That's that was the, bad. John, the roller coaster with you, you brought up something. I think it was in the podcast last night that um, – as good as this defense finished the season, and, and 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 that was as masterful of a defensive performance as we've seen in that Super Bowl against the Chiefs, holding that offense to three field goals. I just, I still can't believe it, to be honest with you. But they, they, they almost lost to the Redskins. I say they almost lost to the yeah. Redskins. That's not necessarily true. Defensively, they were not good in that game. Yeah. They were not good. They were right. maybe a terrible call um, by by the Packers' decision to kick that field goal there in the end of losing that game. You know what I mean? I mean, they gave up a lot of yards to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in that game. Um, I hope it's more, uh, I hope that the, the the Super Bowl defense is more of what we see. If that's the defense that comes out and starts the season and plays consistently like that, uh, the sky's the limit. And I'm talking about, I'm talking about, you know, 
obviously setting any type of Buccaneer team record with wins. The mm-hmm. best they've ever finished, 12 and four in a regular season. I think they can best that easily if the defense is, is as good as they were. Well, if they're as good as they were in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. <laughs> watch out, 72 Miami Dolphins. The record could be in jeopardy, right? That's not going to oh, happen. Oh, they're that but, good. Yeah. But no, I, mean, I the, think the, you're the exactly talent, right. The talent's yeah. there. But, but, yeah, but what the, I was going to say is, is you brought up some points that there were times last year, John, where you in particular were critical of this defense. There mm-hmm. were times when Sean Murphy bunting, and I agreed with you. Should not have probably been on the field. They right. they there was a point last year where you're like they're going to have to find somebody else. Now he came and and showed up in the right. playoffs. Unbelievable uh, turnaround. <laughs> can it continue though? That's going to be right. the question. That's going to be I think the storyline moving into the season. I I think there's a tendency for Bucks fans to kind of look at the results at the end of the year and forget a little bit about the process defensively. Most of the year was really subpar. Now they changed things up and I gave them all the credit in the world. I wrote articles yeah. about it. It was one of the most unbelievable turnarounds, not only just players playing better, but coaching turnaround. Bowles changed his scheme. He played way more two high safeties. He brought three safeties onto the field against Kansas city. He played press man coverage at the highest percentage he'd ever called in his career. Uh, according to the, the sites that track those statistics. So it was a notable data track turnaround in 180 from what they'd done in the sure. regular season. And the result was overwhelmingly positive. Even that Packers game, which you talked about, remember they had to stave off those three straight turnovers yeah. and they had to stave off the best offense in the NFL and the MVP at quarterback. And so it was asking a lot of them. And I know, yes, you could say, you know, that certainly there are moments, but they did uh, so many things right in today's world. That is about as good a defensive performance as I think you can ask for. And they just kept that out, the Chiefs game, the, the the Saints game. So, yeah, it was this complete swing. Now, does that is that who Todd Bowles is going to be? Or is he going to be kind of <laughs> – we saw the numbers. Like that was the that was abnormal for him to call that much press man coverage. It was abnormal for him to play those two high safeties and trust his guys up front to stop the run without putting an extra guy in there and playing a lot of single high. I would if he moves to that, yes, this is going to be a very difficult team to stop because that to me schematically, you're putting guys that are more talented than most teams in the league. Now you're putting them in positions they win and you're helping out a guy like Sean Murphy Bunting and Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis, who that's if you're building a defense, first and foremost, primarily help your corners. I mean, put your corners in the place right. where they can succeed the best. If your corners are in position to thrive, chance of your defense thriving just goes way up. So you're right, it's a huge question mark that we'd, we'd love to feel great about it based on how last year ended, but I still have some uncertainty about that pop, that side of the ball and how everything is going to work itself out there, particularly with the secondary. Not that there isn't talent, but I just don't, not sure how it's all going to be used and how it's all going to develop this year. We talk about, you know, the Buccaneers losing somebody on offense that hurts their offense, but I think depth wise, they're a lot more deep on the offensive side of the ball from from mm-hmm. from quarterback all the way down to the to the last offensive lineman compared to the defense. If if Carlton Davis goes down for a significant amount of time, um, you know, that's gonna hurt this football team. We saw what happened yep. without Vita Vea. And that's a question I wanted to ask you, John. We we talk about Todd Bowles changing things up scheme wise and things like that. Was Vita Vea that big of a difference between giving up 26 points at Green Bay to two weeks later only giving up nine points? Because, mm-hmm. you know, 
he was um well actually he came back he came back for, for that the, Packers for game. the Green Bay game, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right. Well then that theory goes out the window or that question I have. But but I think um, it was in general, yeah. You saw the last time they played the Chiefs in the regular season, right? And they didn't have well in and, 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 and what I that's the thing that's the thing I was gonna say about Todd Bowles. The one thing I love about Todd Bowles is is he's not a stubborn fool that's gonna say, Well, we're just gonna do the same thing we did in that first Chiefs game because right. it didn't work. You know what I mean? He right. didn't do the same thing in those first two New Orleans games that he did in the playoffs. It was a completely different defense, completely mm-hmm. different approach it was. and a way to attack that. And and that's what I love about it. That's that's where coaches make their mark. I mean, every coach in the NFL is probably pretty good at teaching technique, and they mm-hmm. probably get an overall good grasp of the scheme. But it's a chess match, and Todd Bowles won the chess match, right? He might have won, might have lost the first first match against the Chiefs, but he won the one that counted. Same thing with the Saints. He, he lost the first two, uh, but he – but I want to say he practiced. He practiced his chess game a little bit. He got in the lab and figured things out, and it panned out. And and just the confidence, though, I think I think we can underestimate. People can underestimate that a little bit too. Sean Murphy Bunting is a perfect example. When we talked to him last year, there were times when this guy just was not a confident football player on the football on, on the field. But he got that interception against Washington. He got the interception against the Packers, and yeah. it just it just he just changed as a football player. Hopefully he can keep that going moving forward and really the defense in general. And 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 we talk about the the LA Rams. I mean, I'm sorry, the Dallas Cowboys with Micah Parsons, uh, who I think is going to be a tremendous linebacker in the NFL. But Devin White was not Devin White the first start he had in the NFL. You know, right. again, that's I mean, we talk really, about the quarterbacks, but but yeah. some of these defensive Even his players emergence too. was late last season. Like he yeah. he wasn't the same. I mean, he was a totally different player over the last couple of games of the regular season and then the COVID thing and then you know, even in the playoffs, I mean, he was the dominant player. So, yeah, you're right. It's it's a lot of this is about are the young players going to keep trending in the right direction? Vita Vea did. It took a couple of years, you know, but we saw yeah. him in year three really blossom when he was out on the field. And I think Devin White's on his way there. And I'm still can still get better. better. Vita Vea can yeah. still get better. That's the crazy oh, yeah. thing. Really? This should be this should be, all, this, this should be a Pro Bowl season for him. Yeah all, yeah, all pro season or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Mark Fisher says, what does Brady need to do to get the team mentally ready and hungry to repeat? You know, I think Mark mentioned it a little bit there. I mean, it's I think a lot of it's about, you know, they've had those reps together and when they get back on the field, you know, they're going to have that that he needs to be obviously but I think that's going to happen. I'm not really concerned about Brady. You know, at the end of the day, these guys are adults and they need to, you know, be able to handle themselves professionally too and I think that they're going to. But it, yeah, it starts with Brady and the coaching staff and a lot of that is just how you work, how you practice, what you're willing to put up with. Are you going to let little things go that you you didn't let go before, you know, I think. But that's Tom kind Brady of doesn't let part. things go. Tom Brady doesn't let things go. And 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 the Buccaneers saw last year by not wanting to disappoint Tom Brady and doing the little things that made a difference, it worked for him. And, mm-hmm. and they would be foolish to try and change anything at all. Um, you know, come with the same approach. I don't want to be the guy that gets Tom Brady sacked on third down and hurt. I don't want to be the guy who drops a pass in the end zone from Tom Brady. He elevated everybody's play, and uh, and I don't see any reason why that changes. I mean, all you have to do is look at his twenty year career in New Orleans. There was very few, uh, you know, drop offs with talents with that football team. I mean, they were just good. They were a dynasty. The NFL is not supposed to have dynasties. The league is not set up to have twenty year runs like the Patriots did. And there were two constants in that. It was Bill Belichick and Tom Brady because. Yeah. Players came, players go, but those two people were the same. 
right. and uh, and I, I tend to think that that it was more Tom Brady as we saw the results with the Patriots last year versus the results with the Buccaneers that Tom Brady is that big of a difference maker. Right. Gary says uh, tickets are so expensive right now. Yeah, they're absolutely crazy. Gary and Garrett says uh, fourteen hundred a ticket to Bucks versus Pats. I need to go fund me, please. We don't have a GoFundMe, but I will let you all know about Mega Seats. They are the official uh, ticket sponsor of pewterreport.com. And you can go to Mega Seats right now and you can save 10%. And there's no added fees, free shipping on the tickets, nothing added. I love that because I can't stand when I get a tip price and then I go to the final payout page yes. and they've added like $10, $15. Worth. I, so none of that with Mega Seats. You can save 10% with the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. So if you're looking for tickets and you're going trying to get them, Use that promo code that at least get you a little bit off, Garrett uh, and Gary. As you guys, as y'all are looking for tickets, uh, definitely check that out for sure. Um, Brian says, "I like that the Bucks have the toughest stretch of their schedule early in the season, week one to two at home, and then they have a mini buy between week one and two. So the Rams game, they will be fresh." Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I think we've touched on that, Brian. That's a good point. Um, a good question here from Kay: How big of a factor do you think the defensive packaging snap count could affect Tampa's upcoming? free agent contracts in the secondary. I think Carlton Davis's year is huge. I mean, that's big for him. You know, they, they really – Jordan Whitehead to me is kind of – I mean, he he could have an unbelievable season statistically, you know, just kind of randomly. But I'm pretty sure we kind of know who he is, at least in terms of ceiling as a player. Um, and you kind of have to decide if his price – you know, he prices out of Tampa Bay and then he prices out. He's not the kind of guy you chase. Carlton Davis might be the kind of guy you chase. You know, lockdown corners don't come every every year. And so yeah, the Buccaneers have been trying to find one since Aqib Talib, John. Yeah, and right. uh, and and they they they've drafted was Grimes they, for a little bit. Was was Grimes Grimes, that guy Grimes, for a Grimes bit? was that guy briefly? He was older though. Yeah, he was older. By the end, he was done. I mean, he was mm, you know Mike yeah. Smith was telling him to play over here, and he was basically refusing. It was just a. It was just a terrible, terrible. Never dolled over with the Grimes. No, <laughs> no, the that. whole. Oh God, you just made me think about uh, Miko. Yeah, that was yes. uh, that was crazy. I think she blocked us after she dropped some f bombs on Scott on Twitter a few times. But we weren't the only ones. There were plenty of those oh, people yeah, that, that, uh, that, that caught the wrath of of the Grimes family. Here's the crazy thing, John. I actually liked Brent Grimes in the locker room. He was a he was Most a quiet guy. That. Yeah. Nice guy, you know what I mean. And and when you did mm-hmm. get him to talk, he was a good guy. Uh, he was he he was just a, a bit of an odd character, right? I mean, he was uh mm-hmm. he was a guy that wore Vans in the locker room, right? You don't see many of these NFL football players wearing checkerboard Vans. And uh, and he, you know, while the guys were playing ping pong, he was kicking a soccer ball around. He was just a different kind of cat, you know what I mean? I kind of yeah. liked him. I just don't understand. Uh, I'm not going to get into his personal relationship, but uh. Just a, a odd dynamic between him and and, and Miko, but obviously right. it works. So more power to him, I guess. But I think yeah, Carlton Davis Kane answered your question. That's the big question to me. Like, it what if his you know, obviously he's going to be out there be again no matter what. The snap count's not the issue with him, but the defensive packaging. Yeah, if he's allowed to play press man, I mean, you saw a look at the numbers, but b just look at the tape really more than anything of when him when he is allowed to press verse when he's not i mean the difference is just major he's just not quite as instinctive in zone and he's so physical and so good technically impressed that he hardly ever gets in bad positions and he played a lot of last year not at 100 percent, and played very very well i thought so um yeah he is kind of he needs to be a part of the solution mark's right but if he gets hurt that is a big blow that he's one of the most important players in the bucks team in my opinion i voted for him as defensive mvp of last season because i think the position is that important in his role for the Bucks, being able to guard, got you know one on one as a corner. I thought that was the most important role that anyone played defensively for them. So that's why I- last year. Now, 
Uh, we've got what was another good question in here? Oh, Jack, Jack is thinking scheme wise. What teams run schemes that you could see giving the Bucks problems defensively or that work well against the blitz heavy scheme? I don't know if it's a run scheme thing so much as that gives them problems. I mean, definitely when they face more zone heavy teams, it becomes a little. I mean, there were some games where they were unbelievable, like the Packers game and the, the Falcons games. You know, I thought they did such a good job against zone schemes, but then. The Vikings game was the one that gave them the biggest challenge. So I don't know if it's a scheme so much as it is making sure that you're communicating well before the snap. I don't think it's a certain scheme that will give the Bucks problems, to be honest. I think it's communication and making sure that you have got all your gaps covered with your alignments up front. But the Bucs have seen it all over the past two years, Mark, and they've been the number one run defense in the NFL. What's going to be the key this year, nobody is going to – I mean, if you're smart – you. You've been put on notice, right? Like you, right. two years ago, people were still trying to run the ball because they knew James was going to turn it over, and they knew the Bucks weren't some juggernaut offense, so they could still run the ball even if it wasn't super productive. Now this year, you see what the Bucks offense can become. You know that they've stopped shut down the run at a high level for two years. Everybody's going to come out throwing the ball, and already last year, the Bucks were the defense that more teams threw against in neutral situations. That means like no long and late downs, right. no pass obvious downs, no like two minute warning situations. But more teams were throwing against them in neutral situations than any other team in the league. That's going to continue and probably be added to this year. Everybody's going to come out going right for the Bucks throat. That means the secondary has to be on point. That means the scheme has to be on point. That means you need to come out playing more two high safeties with the objective to stop the pass and force teams to run the football rather than the other way around. That'll be a shift for the Bucks coaches mentally, I think. Whether they can make that shift or not will probably go a long way toward determining whether we get the Bucks defense from the playoffs or if we get the Bucks defense from a lot of those regular season games where there were good moments and there were good things, but there were a lot of bad too, and there might be kind of a seesaw thing week to week. The good news is, John, the Bucks will put up 50 points a game, so it doesn't matter if the defense gives <laughs> up 35. I mean, they that that there's is some you know truth what to that. Th- there is that's what I was gonna say. There's a there's a luxury that this team has that that if it is one of those games where it's just not a good matchup, whether it be the Rams and, and Sean McVay and what he does, or or uh, you know, or 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 the, or the Falcons with their loads of of offense, if if it's just not a good matchup, you know. As I joked about in 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 my column today uh, against Atlanta, okay, by late in the season, Atlanta may have figured things out offensively. That's okay. Brady can throw up thirty one in the second half again, no problem. Um, they've already proven it's not like if if the Falcons had improved their defense, um, I would be a little bit more concerned about them. But I, I still think they're a complete mess on the defensive side of the ball, and and it's going to take them a while to figure out that scheme. Um, and 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 they just don't worry me. The Buccaneers, should, you know, if they have bad games defensively. Um, they should be able to make for, make up for it offensively, certainly. It's amazing how many points, yards, everything the Bucks put up last year while like only being able to put it together for like parts of games or, you know, like there was not that many consistent effort. Even when they got to the playoffs, like I didn't feel like they were truly dominant on offense over the final three games of the playoffs. And yet there they were putting up huge points, you know, but <laughs> getting 30 points a game, yeah. you know, and it was like, man, this team just can't like, even when they're it's not all perfect and it's not like, you know, clean or not always necessarily. I mean, there they are putting up. I think that I think that's what Jake was talking about. I mean, yeah. they're going to be twenty five percent better, twenty five percent better of thirty points a game that they I mean, it's the best offense, the, in, the best offense in Bucks history. You yeah, know, was, that's. I mean, that's that's what we already saw, and so yeah, it's hard to believe that they won't be beyond that. I think you're right. 
Hey, speaking of being beyond that, we're always kind of looking to be on the cutting edge of things over at pewterreport.com. So check out Locker Room. It's a social audio app that is changing the way we talk about sports. It's the only place for live audio conversations about the takes, rumors, news, and teams you care about. React to sports news as it happens. Gather all your friends and watch parties for the biggest games. Rep your favorite teams and find your community. Better Sports Talk is just a tap away. Download on the Apple App Store and join the conversation at Locker Room tonight. Taylor and Matt will be over there. You can celebrate with Taylor. His new job that he announced on Twitter uh, is going to be a sports reporter for the Plant City Observer. And so you can uh, go shout out Taylor over there on Locker Room tonight. He and Matt will be on. I'm not sure what time, but if you if you get on Locker Room and follow Peter Report, you'll get sent the invite when they go live. But uh, they'll be on there tonight talking about the Buck schedule, and you can give Taylor a little shout-out for his new uh, gig as well. Uh, proud, yeah. We're proud of him and excited Absolutely. to see where that takes him for sure. Absolutely. So. John, real quick, I want to mention that we did a, uh, a contest on Monday with Jake Arians. Uh, we had a Coke bottle that his father had signed, Bruce Arians signed, mm-hmm. that we were going to raise some money for the Bruce Arians Family Foundation. That is still open for a little bit longer. We're going to keep it open until 8 o'clock tonight. But right now, the high bid for that, $251. So uh, anyway, get your bid in. Get a secondary bid in because Autograph for some reason. Bruce. I mean, that's a great mag. Somebody somebody on Instagram said, why in the world would Bruce Arians sign a, a Bear Bryant Coca-Cola bottle? Well, you got to be a uh, Bruce Arians historian, but he That's coached right. with uh, the bear. I mean, was that his first big opportunity? Was that was bear? his first big opportunity, yeah. man. And, and to go coach with Bear Bryant, I mean, could there have been a better guy from him to learn from? Right. And, uh, you know, he doesn't make him, you know, be the junction boys where he's running them to death and not giving them water breaks like Bear used to do in the old days. But, uh, but there was a lot of toughness. And I think if uh, we're, we're actually going to have Bruce Arians on, we're working on that, getting that scheduled. And you know what, John? That's something I'd love to ask Bruce about, you know, some yeah. of his mentors and what he learned from a guy like Bear Bryant. But anyway, the point is, is that is still up for bids uh, for a little bit longer till 8 o'clock tonight. If you'd like to go higher than the 251, you're more than welcome to do that. Even if you want to come in in second place, just in case the first place guy doesn't work out, you may uh, you may still win the, win the bottle anyway, but it'll make a great uh, addition to your man cave to have uh, BA signed. Bear Bryant Coca-Cola bottle, a weird kind of odd collectible, but we actually gave him one because he was the first, we were the first podcast he was on after he got the job, John. Wow. Uh, we had him live over at one Buccaneer place and uh, I say live, we obviously it was live in because person. he had to be there, but yeah, in person is what I meant to right, say. Right. Yeah. And, oh, uh, and, and we gave him, and as I had it in a, like one of those gift bags, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That wasn't wrapped in like wrapping paper and I right. handed it to him and he picked it up. It's kind of heavy and he was all excited. He said, you boys got me a bottle of crown. Like no, Bruce. And he opened up and he he wasn't disappointed, but I think he would have preferred the crown. But anyway, we gave him one for him to put in his office and then we asked him to sign one as well. So that's the bottle that we're giving away. If you'd like to do that, you need to go to our Twitter account and use the hashtag pewter report pod hashtag pewter report pod list your amount and we will let the winner know after eight o'clock tonight we also had the actual winning bid actually came in via email so if somebody wants to email higher than 251 marketpewterreport.com and uh, we will take your bid that's open until eight o'clock tonight all money goes to the arians family foundation alan asked which rookie will have the most uh, impact or contributions this year 
I think it's going to be Joe Tryon. Um, I don't think there's there shouldn't be much doubt about that. If he doesn't have the biggest impact, somebody got hurt. <laughs> somebody got hurt that she didn't want to get hurt. Maybe a couple people if Robert Hainsey see in the field and uh, or Jalen Darden. Um, and but Cal see, Darden, sure, Darden, so. Darden, Darden could be that guy that makes it. If he's a great return teams, guy, yeah. If he's know? a great return guy, maybe he's the one. But it feels like it's going to be trying. He'll get opportunities as the number three edge rusher. I'm disappointed, by the way. I know y'all probably are wondering, where's John Owning, the guest that I promised from Dallas Morning News, promised him last night on the show. He had to actually back out. He had a, fa- a legit family emergency, so uh, definitely thinking of him a little bit. But he had to back out last minute for this show, so Mark jumped in kindly and did this with me today, and we kind of switched gears a little bit. But, yeah. Um, he was he was going to break down. I'm hoping hopefully we can get him on next week and we can talk Cowboys um, Cowboys uh, Bucks for Week One and talk a lot about. He's a great scout of edge defender position, and so he was going to talk a lot about Joe Tryon with us. So trying to get him rescheduled for next week to talk about those things should be fun. And we'll, we should actually should have a we're hoping to have a great lineup of guests for next week. Monday we'll have rookie minicamp impressions. Then hopefully we have Bruce one of the next two days. We're trying to get him one of the next two days. We'll see what happens with his schedule if we can get him. And then hopefully John owning the other day, maybe to talk Cowboys and Joe Tryon and what he saw from him during the scouting process. He'll have some intricate thoughts there. And then Thursday we're going to have a Mike Clay on from ESPN. He's going to talk about a lot of his work with strength of schedule and things like that and why he picked the Bucs to repeat as Super Bowl champions. He was one of the few. Mark, the pick the box, the ESPN released a round table. Of yeah. Talk about that analysts. article. Yeah. That uh, they said that in that article, three people picked the Rams to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. They all picked the Rams to lose to a different AFC team. One picked the chiefs, one picked the bills, one picked the Browns, but three people picking the Rams. Two people did pick the box. Mike Clay picked the box to win. The other person I forget who it was picked the box to lose. So we'll talk about my, with Mike Clay uh, on Thursday, but really excited to have him on the show. I think that's going to be a 1 p.m. start, but we'll obviously remind you of that a bunch as we get closer to that day. So it should be a fun show. But that ESPN article surprised me a little bit. A lot of belief in the Rams out there. And if Aaron Rodgers gets traded away from Green Bay, Mark, and he goes to the AFC, which seems very likely, likely that he gets traded, but more likely that he goes to the AFC, even if he does get traded, not the NFC. That does not leave many legitimate challengers for the Bucs no. to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. I mean, but the I Rams think, would be at the, the top of that list. I think the Rams, and I, I think, um, you know, I, I wouldn't, I would never sleep on Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. It's just a dangerous football team to me. But, but other, but, but maybe more so than that is San Francisco. I think this is a team that's loaded on both sides of the ball. Question mark is, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, is he going to be able to hold off? Um, the rookie, and you know that's that's going to be the question mark for me. But I think uh, I think if the Buccaneers weren't to finish as the number one seed, and, and and perhaps San Francisco were to be the number one seed, that'd be a tough trip for them out west to take them on. Or if the, you say the Rams, even if they do beat the Rams um, uh, in 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 week three, right? Um, you know the Rams will be better towards the end of the season if they end up with that number one seed. Have to go back out to LA. Um, that that would that would be something that would make me a little bit more nervous, certainly than uh, than if they were playing them back at home again. Yeah, for sure. Hans Hans has not been a big fan of the Bucks draft. He says I fully expect trying to show why John originally had him ranked as a fourth round pick. Yeah, he bumped up to a late third for me after uh, the testing and, and and watching a little bit more tape and people kind of raving to me about his work ethic and things like that. It's like okay, you know, maybe he can be. But yeah, there are some technical things with trying that need to be cleaned up and f- for him to be able to make the kind of impact that the Bucs really need to make. I think he's kind of low-key uh, an important part of this this kind of run here a little bit. So 
Uh, Hans, Hans, says, Hans, Hans, listen, I, I don't know if you're German with that name. You have to be. I have an uncle Hans in Germany. I was born in Germany. My name is Johan. Why the, why the hate for Mark? Hey, Cook? look, Come he, on. Said, he said, I uh, also, Mark, I was only joking. 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 I always appreciate. Oh, okay. So. I'm just kidding. Maybe I this thought, is I my, thought, maybe this I is thought my, you guys were going to throw down. I was getting excited. No, no. Maybe this is actually my uncle in Germany who doesn't like me. So <laughs> who knows? I don't know. <laughs> well, that sounds like a story for another time. Yeah. Uh, somebody story. says this. Kay says, do we sweep? The former boogeyman Saints or Aints this year. Oh man. You know, we haven't gotten to that point. I think in one of the shows next week, depending on what happens with guests, we are going to kind of go through and pick a lot of these games, whoever's on that show. But I don't want to give too much away. But I feel like tricky games for the Bucs, even though they aren't the best teams they face. I think in some ways the Patriots game and at least one of the Saints, both of the Saints games, but maybe they like lose one, you know, those are going to be tricky games to me for the Bucs. Like, I really think that, Mark. I I almost yeah. think, like, the Cowboys and Rams represent some big challenges on paper for sure with the quarterback play, but I think they can overcome those two teams. You can overcome in Atlanta. I could see them win all four of those games, but I think they're going to lose one of the Saints games, and, and they might lose the Patriots game. I'm not saying it'll be Brady's fault they lose the Patriots game. I just – I think there's going to be just a lot of extra stuff with that Patriots game. Oh, there's no doubt if, about it. I mean, yeah. I, it feels I wrote, like Brady's won the war and Belichick might win a battle. They're both great. And, you know, I, I think the whole storyline between those two is dumb. But well, I in the hook today, I wrote that, uh, you know, Bill Belichick, um, you know, unless he sells his soul to the devil to win this game, which, you know what, I could totally see him doing if he had that opportunity, because mm -hmm. that's how bad he would love to be able to beat Tom Brady uh, back up in Foxborough uh, for sure. He does not does absolutely does not want to lose. To Tom Brady. He's already had to hear it that it was Brady that made that 20 year run successful. And again, yeah, he doesn't listen true. to the media that Mark, he doesn't read anything. He doesn't listen but his to wife anyone. does, but his wife does. And she whispers <laughs> no, in his ear when they lay down. Yeah. I, know, I, I know think, I think that he does. Hear yeah. It, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Bris bristles, uh, bristles a little bit at that. And so, so uh, he's going to do everything he can. He's going to throw everything, everything he can at Tom Brady. To, uh, to try and win that football game. But I think, you know, the Buccaneers just on talent, on paper, they're, they're right. a more talented football team. And I'm a firm believer the more talented football team should win And when, when coaching is fairly even and even. And I don't even know that it's even. I think this coaching staff here in Tampa Bay is as good, uh, really, as any in the league. Yeah, Top to sure. bottom, anyway. Hey, we interrupt this uh, program with some breaking news. This important PSA is brought to you by Manscaped.com, Mark. This is your pubic service announcement and the news you've all been waiting for. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0, 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada. This new trimmer was just released only moments ago. Moments might be somewhat over and over. No, it might be actually pretty accurate, but and we are one of the first just to today. get our hands on it. Yeah, we just yes. got ours today. Here it is. Check this bad boy out. <laughs> so what's different about the 4.0? Why is it you can join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with the exclusive offer for you, which is 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code pewter at manscaped.com. P-E-W-T-E-R is the promo code. Get 20% off. What's different about the 4.0? Why should you get that? We've been talking about, what was it? The other lawnmower that we had. I don't even remember the number at this point. The 3.0. 3.0, right. The performance of this thing, the craftsmanship and the details in the 4.0 are truly next level. Their advanced ceramic blade and skin safe technology is so good that it almost seems as if Manscaped worked with Elon Musk's engineers. <laughs> Possible. A new multifunction on off switch. Boom, right here. 
can hear that you can hear that puppy purr can engage a travel lock created for people like to travel the 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4000k led spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave the new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all over through additional guard lengths with sizes one through four and looks wise it's sleek with a two-toned matte and gloss finish even features a hot foil stamped black chrome manscaped logo check it out and there's wireless charging big deal wireless charging the battery length lasts even longer due to electromagnetic induction i know all about electromagnetic induction trust me if you're still trimming your face with your ball trimmer it's time to make some changes mark Get 20% off of fruit plus free shipping with the code pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R at manscaped.com and your balls will thank you. 20% off pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. That's the promo code. Check it out over at manscaped.com. I was able Got to it. do it with a complete straight face that entire time. That was, I was good. V- very impressive. Very impressive. Yeah. Not gonna yeah. lie. They also I, send I, it to you in this great box. I always think the box is kind of like and there's lots of accessories inside. I always think the box, if it's a great box, you know, the, you know, it's a great product. And so they, you know, it just, they, you know, they took their time and their care yes. with it. So yes. So you yes. Love and, 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 and what I love is, is the longer battery life, John, again, when you're old, like me, um, there's a lot more to trim, right? And there's nothing worse than when you get halfway <laughs> done, you don't want a mohawk. We, we could have just right? ended the read there. I, <laughs> sorry. I just, I can never let a good thing go, but I'm just, I'm trying to be practical here for people. You don't want your battery to die in the middle because it's going to look really weird if you've, uh, you know, got a, a, a faux hawk down there. So yeah, anyway, I want that for sure. No. All right. So next week on the podcast, we are going to have Mike Clay on the podcast for sure. Trying to get two two other guests, one of which Bruce Arians. Monday we'll come back. We will have thoughts and impressions from Rookie Minicamp. Make sure you're following along pewterreport.com uh, over and Pewter Report, at Pewter Report on Twitter. We'll be tweeting and talking about whatever we are allowed to tweet and talk about from Rookie Minicamp <laughs> as we get our first look and first impression on these players. Scott and Taylor will be there Friday and you and I will be there Saturday, right? Yep, that's the game plan right now. Right, that's the game plan. And so we will have that event covered extensively, and then we were going to talk about all that Monday's podcast. It's going to be packed full of kind of our observations and those rookies. I can't wait to see Joe Tryon because he didn't play last year. And so has he cleaned up some of those technical mistakes and things like that from 2019? I will be watching very carefully to see if I see any improvement there. Well, and I, I just want to see Kyle Trask. Um, you know, I want to see that weenie arm that everybody says he doesn't have, right? I want to see, you know, he's going to go try and throw a 30-yard pass, and it's going to go about four yards and hit the ground, according to a lot of Buccaneer fans. Yeah, I think he'll be fine. You know, I don't know, like you say, we're going to find out what we're going to be allowed to videotape and not videotape. I think yeah. we'll have a period where we can. We can't videotape or we can't tweet or live report while the action is going on. But in times past, afterwards, you know, there's an open period to film and take photographs, and then after the practice is over, we're able to put that up. So we're going to try and get some really good video of Kyle Trask, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm sure he's going to throw at least one ball more than more than 10 yards to uh, to for those naysayers out there that don't think he can do it. But that's what I'm going to be looking for, Kyle Trask's arm strength, yeah. see how that works out. And um, and uh, but I, I hope I, we all can remember that arm strength is not for distance; it's for velocity in these situations. Because right. Kyle Trask throws the ball at 40, 50 yards down the field, plenty in college. So the first time he does it in the practice, I know everybody's going to have their phones out. Oh, Kyle Trask going to throw deep. That was the point was velocity yeah. with people. I still think his arm's good enough, good enough in that way for him to be. You know, it's not like he is like a you know Chad Pennington arm or something like that. You know, no disrespect <laughs> to Chad who had a good career and did some good things, but. 
the arm was just never great. Uh, that's not it's not to that level with Cal Trask and with the hashes, you know, closer in the NFL or further out in the NFL, you don't have to necessarily worry about throwing as far um, from one sideline or from one hash to the sideline. So, but I still think, yeah, there's going to be moments where his arm definitely comes up a little bit short, but it's all going to be for distance. He's a good deep ball thrower. That's one of the reasons why they like him in this offense. I think it's going to be for velocity, but you're right. Getting a look at Kyle Trask, getting a look at Joe Tryon. I can't wait to be back out there. It's going to be great. We're going to what? You're not excited for, for Grant Stewart to see what he's going to do out there? Of course. The flowing main. Absolutely. Can't wait, man. That, that, yeah. I'm telling you, Johnny, this guy makes the football team. He's going to be one of those fan favorite guys. I can tell. Oh, he's yeah. going to be a personality. And, guys uh, with long hair. That, that Yeah, he does have one of those personalities for sure. Too, right, so. right. Those Looking guys always are. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's gonna be a fun weekend and a fun next week uh, on the on the podcast uh, when you all join us uh, a few days from now on Monday. So appreciate y'all jumping in. Appreciate y'all joining us for another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Out. <laughs>